Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Phoenix, Arizona, it's time for Phoenix Business Radio, spotlighting the city's best businesses and the people who lead them. Hello and welcome to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting live partially from the Max 6 Entrepreneur Center in Tempe, Arizona, and the other part of us are in Ahwatukee, Arizona. I'm in quarantine today. My name is Karen Awicki. Welcome to Phoenix Business Radio, where we help build businesses and connect you with the right people. And we are super excited to have Jesse Ray back in the house today. How are you, my friend? I'm doing amazing. Thank you, Karen. So excited. You and I have conquered a lot since the first time we met. I know, like in a short two months. In a short two months, we have fast become buddies, um, been introduced to the Growth House team and a fantastic group of people that you run with. And then we went and jumped out of an airplane together. Well, you didn't. Let's be honest. You were oh, okay, there. Okay, okay. I did have knee surgery about a week ago, but yeah. Yes, we'll give you we'll give you a pass on that. Uh, but I was super excited to be with uh, seven of your Growth House peers and had a blast uh, with my friend Tom Talbot with Phoenix Skydiving Center. And I got out of that plane and Jesse, I'm, I'm sure you remember the first thing I said was, let's do that again. <laughs> right. You just conquered so much fear that day. I, and honestly, everybody, because I think it was the first time for probably six out of the seven people. So that was impressive. Yeah. Derek, right. Derek and your friend, Paylola had done it before. Yes. You've done it before. Yes. Yeah. And how about Nathan and Zachary? Have either of you ever jumped out of a perfectly good airplane? Yeah, did it for um, my first time in August for our birthdays. Nice. Sweet. I did it in Switzerland out of a helicopter over the Alps. It was unbelievable. <laughs> oh, awesome. I'm not trying to one-up. I just, <laughs> just, yeah, just, just saying. Did, just saying. <laughs> I pretty much you are one-upping us. That's <laughs> brilliant. And I and you would all do it again? I would do Absolutely. it again in a heartbeat. I'd do it again. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're definitely going to do it again. Yeah, so good. We have to do like an immersion, like yeah, that'll be tight. Yes. Hey, you you know how to get a hold of Tom now, and I'm happy to help facilitate that as well. So I I am half halfway introduced uh, Jesse. Jesse is with the Growth House and getting ready to launch this amazing immersion program. We're going to talk about that today. And Zachary and Nathan are here with us because they'll be among the speakers and part of the folks who are further moving these entrepreneurs along in their trajectory. So Jesse, if you would please introduce Nathan and Zachary, and then I'll hear a little bit from each of you, and then we'll get into the meat of the conversation. What is immersion and what is Growth House and all that good stuff. Awesome. Yes. Nathan Harris, the man. This guy does so many things. Serial entrepreneur, investor, um, part of the tech council on the board. Yeah, man, you do a lot. And the thing that really kind of inspires me is that you're able to cross different industries like entertainment with Lux Group, and then also, you know, you're heavily involved in the tech world. Is there anything else you want to add about yourself? Um, really, honestly, the thing that I'm most passionate about is just bringing amazing people together to overcome obstacles and solve problems for our communities. And that's really the reason I've been in so many different industries is just to solve a problem you have to cross over. And mm. that's kind of where it's led us. And I think each brand is just a representation of a problem we're trying to solve. I love that. <laughs> And then, industry agnostic, Nathan, and the things that you do, it just, is it the, uh, an issue of passion and purpose more than what the industry is? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, really the biggest challenge that I wanted to solve for being someone that came from a less and less opportunistic background was how do we give access and resources to people that don't necessarily have big investors? How do they get access to the education they need? So each way to do that was workforce development and innovation, which led to tech and me being on the board of the tech council. Then there's also like the experiential part of the community, which led to us developing Lux, where you put the brightest people in the room with the other, the, with the next generation and the past generations, and magic just starts happening. 
Fantastic. And how did you and Jesse get connected? Honestly, I think through Easy Entrepreneurs. Yep. Yeah. Shout out Devin Butler, who was just yeah. on your show. Devin, yeah. Yep, yeah. we just had him on a couple of weeks ago yeah. or last week. Yeah. 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 Like-minded folks just running in the same circle. Love that. And Nathan, you've been on the Tech Council for how long? So I joined in February, um, and it was really exciting. I got in through Rick Kirchley, uh, who nominated me. And uh, since then, I've now been a part of a program called NextGen, which we'll be announcing soon. But largely what we're going to be doing is bridging the gaps between high growth companies and some of the future, uh, some of the legacy companies. Um, so good to be working with like Honeywell, Intel, some of those great companies to figure out how we can incubate some of these startups in our community and open some larger doors for them. So it's been a, it's been a fun short period of time, but we've gotten a lot done. I'm glad. And I'm sure Steve Zalstra and team love having you there. Oh man, they're great people. I'm thankful for them. They opened so many doors for us to do good stuff. Yeah. They're all about that. And we do their show, AZ TechCast, uh, once a month. And this Friday will be our most recent episode. Looking forward to teaming up with Steve and Bianca and the folks that they're bringing on board for that episode. So thank you for being here, Nathan. Yeah. And Jesse, introduce Zachary for like us. Before we'll me, I'm Zachary just curious, Nathan, are those guns real? I just, just for clarity, <laughs> I don't know if the viewers can actually see those arms. Oh, I can see them. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I just eat a lot of Wheaties. You know? Wow. All right. <laughs> I love it. Talk about versatility here. All right. <laughs> Mr. Zachary Keeps, a.k.a. Big Sexy, a.k.a. The Man. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, things we can call Mr. Zach. But Mr. Zach's one of the largest private real estate investors in Arizona. Someone who has a heart to serve. Someone who, anytime I get on a phone call with him, I'm immediately just lit up and fired up and ready to go. He's got contagious energy. And uh, I just appreciate you, Zach, for being here, man. Wow. Feelings mutual, bro. <laughs> Love it. And Zachary, how did you and Jesse get connected? Uh, I met him on one of my hikes. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm not even sure how you found out about one of the hikes. No. So during COVID, I do some real estate coaching and I feel like it's important to bring community together, just like everybody here have that camaraderie, the synergy. And I believe you got to get uncomfortable to get comfortable when you get people stiff in an environment when you're networking, you know, it's hard to really break the ice. And I believe, you know, relationships are cultivated through vulnerability and high levels of connection. So once you get the blood flowing and moving up a mountain or whatever, it may be skydiving, that's a shared experience. So you know, I got people out on the mountain. People want to connect, especially being isolated and hermits through COVID. And it just became a thing. We were getting 40, 50, 60 people out on a Sunday, getting on top of, uh, you know, 32nd Street uh, trailhead and connecting at the top of the mountain and just talking about life in general. It had nothing even to do with a lot of it was through real estate. But at the end of the day, it's about, you know, motivation, connection, that, that whole synergy. So yeah. Jesse came up and I saw him and I immediately he was asking me some questions and I get that all the time. There's certain people just resonate with you. And this guy I could tell was a superstar, was talking about his growth house and capital and scaling. And we just hit it off. I, mm -hmm. I remember the exact time and date where I, I saw you and we just connected ever since. And it's been amazing with the evolution of our relationship. Yeah, appreciate that. It's been yeah. a fun journey. That's a great way to describe how to get to know Jesse because my story is very similar. We met at the House of Genius. I want to say it was July maybe or August. I believe it was July, yeah. Yeah, and I had the fortune to sit next to him, and we were on the panel versus presenting, although Jesse has been back to present, and uh, I heard he did extremely well. But just sitting next to him, like the energy is just bouncing off of him. And at House of Genius, you're not allowed to say who you are or what business you represent until after we give feedback and after the presenters have had their turn. I just look at him, I'm like, I need to know this guy. So we stayed after and talked for a few minutes, and 
decided to have him as a guest on a show. And again, that fast forward, we're jumping out of a plane a, a couple months after. We were going to do it right away, but uh, weather per, uh, didn't let us do that. So right, yep. super excited to have you all here. And I just got to say, Zachary, uh, Daryl gave us a close-up of your guns. So Mr. Sexy's bringing it as well. <laughs> I I'll just appreciate it, Karen. You got a gorgeous oh. smile and some beautiful white teeth. All right. The feeling's <laughs> mutual. All right. Well, thank you. Good, all good. Right. Um, the old lady in the house, and I'm happy to take that uh, take that title. So I would love for each of you to explain a little bit more about your respective businesses. For those of us uh, that haven't had a chance to get to know you, let's start there, and then we'll talk about this collective uh, opportunity that Jesse's providing for us uh, through immersion. But uh, Nathan, if you don't mind starting for us, tell us about the Lux Group and, and anything else that feels like uh, our audience might be interested in hearing about you and how you serve. Yeah, I'd be happy to talk a little bit more about it. Uh, I think really the ultimate thing that we are focused on is building ecosystems. So any of the businesses that we built here in the Valley have all been centered around, let's take the key people in each category and bring them together. So when we first started Lux was during the pandemic. Uh, a lot of people were isolated. They didn't really find a sense of community. And it made me start reflecting on, you know, who are the people really close to me? Who are the people that are adding meaningful value to my life? And I realized that I wanted to surround myself with people that understood the challenges of entrepreneurship that understood both the business side and how to balance a family entrepreneurship, good character driven people. Uh, so we started hosting private events um, in luxury homes, uh, partnered up with some real estate people. So we got access to some really cool stuff to get the juices and stimulate flowing. And then being in the hospitality side, uh, we created experiences where it was, Hey, I don't want just people just to be in the room. I want them to be the breath to be blown. They're taken away when they walk in. So we started adding in the extra component from the moment they get out of the car to when they walk in the door, it's a red carpet, high energy, beautiful experience. But then you get those organic connections. You talk about business later. And then we essentially have an online community where all those individuals come together. So ranging from venture capitalists um, to people in e-commerce to tech, I mean, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. Our goal is to incubate each one of those individuals, open doors, uh, and really build relationships. So we've got some really cool projects coming up. Um, some of the cool people we get to work with, if you ever watch like Breaking Bad, there's like Aaron Paul and Brian Cranston, like really was cool to be able to bring them on as an early client. And then from there, it just started snowballing. And all of a sudden, we've got a bunch of celebrities that are trusting us on their business side. Wow. Um, and it's really cool because that's what we wanted to be. We wanted to be in the room with the greatest the top 10% of people in the country. And somehow we found that way by creating experiences first, and then the community came after. So it's been cool. It's not like I have a clear plan for this business. It was just something I wanted to do. And all of a sudden I started meeting cool people. Still don't know what I'm doing, but it's growing really fast. Um, and I'm just excited. And the reason I wanted to bring a lot of stuff to work with Jesse is because that's the exact thing we want to bring to immersion. It's mm -hmm. like, hey, like mm -hmm. same thing we're doing with all of our Lux community members. Why don't we expose this to more people, uh, more people from different walks of life that haven't had a chance to interact with this and that don't necessarily want to go the route of, hey, I want to go raise $2 million to start a company. What if you could bootstrap that I mean, with your peers? Mm. Like, and also, like, if we're spending millions of dollars a year on services, what if we stopped spending it to, no offense to large companies, and sent it to our peers? So we started realizing how much economic value we can stimulate just between our circle and then accelerate the growth of each other's businesses. So that's something I want to teach some people um, at the Immersion House and also leave them with something they can walk away with. Because I feel like a lot of times... When you go to events, you get inspired, but they don't give you the actionables. Like, what do I do next, right? I'm, like, I'm all fired up, but I don't know how to raise money. What's the funding strategy? Like, how do I go to market? I'm excited to start a business, but how do I do it? So that's what I want to bring to the table um, and allowing people to 
keep their equity while trying to gain equity, right? Because a mm-hmm. lot of times um, there's predatory um, things out there when you're starting a business that by the end of t- your time building your dream, you only own 10% of it. Now, how do we right. change that, right? How do we let you get to the finish line um, without giving up everything? Love that. Mm-hmm. Powerful. That. Man, I echo that sentiment about, and that's the beautiful thing about growth houses, you know, it's like you get all excited. You go to all these people spend 10000 20000 mm-hmm. for these weekend seminars. And they're all excited, but they ask them, what did you learn other than you're excited that somebody else is crushing it versus Mm -hmm. real tangible takeaways? It's true. It's like, all right, let's do this. And then they come and they leave and they're like, what do we do now? Mm -hmm. And that's the beautiful, that's why when Jesse came up with the vision of this full immersion and the growth house together, that synergy, the takeaways, the tangibility, the real people Mm -hmm. in the room that truly want to see you change the trajectory of your business and life. That's Mm -hmm. huge. Yeah, so true. Yeah, love that. Is that great? Tell us a little bit more about how you landed where you are today and sure. a little bit more about your business. I'm from Detroit, as the shirt says. Originally, <laughs> got to keep my roots. I believe we do hustle harder. I came out to Arizona in 2002 to start buying real estate, come from a family of entrepreneurs. I didn't know which vertical or which niche I was going to be in. I just knew I had a brief stint on Wall Street trading options. I didn't like the fact that you know institutions move the money and we don't have any control. I believe we have the ability to be the captain of our domain and truly control everything that we do. Um, I say that, you know, when people invest with financial advisors, you're just kind of an annuity to them. If the market, I haven't even heard from my financial advisor, by the way, the market's gone down 30, 40%. They should probably be calling me and saying, (laughs) Hey, how you doing? You suicidal or things good, but it's funny how that, but I'm being, you know, it's crazy. And so we're, you know, delegating our whole financial future. A lot of us into other people's hands when the reality is we could just take control of that boat and change direction immediately adapt and pivot. And that's what I do in business. But Reverting back to the question, I get excited about things. Came out here to utilize real estate as the vehicle to build my wealth, thinking, hey, I just want to make all this money. What I realized and fast forwarding into 20 years experience out here, bought, you know, over 4,000 homes and owned hundreds of houses, single family specifically staying in my lane out here by flipping and selling to hedge funds and tranches and then dollar cost averaging and buying uh, and building my portfolio one home at a time, one relationship at a time. It's a grind. But at the end of the day, why I love the whole relationship with Jesse and the growth houses, I realized that my future and my legacy is not based on how much money I've made or every house. Nobody cares how wealthy you are independently. They care about how you've changed and impact their lives. And that's why I want to, you know, uh, attach my boat to the growth house, because that's truly what they're doing is changing people's lives individually and collectively. And that's really what legacy is all about. Nobody, again, utilize that vehicle for me, for real estate, for charitable contributions, to connect with other people but just having a positive impact on society and then individually. And that's really what Growth House embodies and stands for. And that's why I'm a, a thousand percent supporter and excited to be part of the immersion and meeting good quality people that are deserving of these opportunities. Yeah, Zach mentioned wow. mentioned legacy. And that's something that I learned probably about a year and a half ago where it's like you have four levels of life. This is what my coach told me. He says you have a life of survival, you have a life of stability, a life of success, and then that next step, I thought I stopped there, but he said, also you have a life of significance. That's what you're talking about. Legacy, oh, yeah. helping other people. And um, yeah, it's super, super impactful. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Jesse, your head must just be feel like it's, you know, all these guys, all three of us actually uh, sh- shining the light on you. I'd love to hear a little bit about more about the growth house. I know we had you in a couple of weeks ago with Derek and for those of our listeners and our 
viewers who haven't listened to or watched that podcast, I highly encourage you to do that. We might not focus a whole lot on Growth House today, but let's hear the backstory a little bit about it. And then let's talk a little bit more about your plan for immersion and uh, what that's going to look like for folks. Let's do it. So Growth House is an entrepreneur community that helps accelerate growth for entrepreneurs. It's a three-month residency. So actually startup founders and business owners get to live with each other and collaborate, network, grow together. And then we also have master classes. We have accountability meetings. We actually just hired a PR team for Growth House. We have a board of angel advisors, group workouts in the morning. So it's just a lot of you know collaboration between everyone with the within the same community that live together. How did this idea come about? I'm fascinated by that. Yeah, it's actually kind of funny because Nathan has a similar story about how he started Lux Group kind of coming out of the pandemic and people just really wanted community. But it really started before that because after college, I graduated and had no idea what I wanted to do. I literally threw on the same cabana shirt. I was a cabana boy. <laughs> I was a cabana boy. I graduated college, got my diploma, went back to working as a cabana boy. I'm like, ah, set this out right. And so for like six years, I was banging my head against the wall, got a, a job in corporate sales, but knew I want to go back to be an entrepreneur because as a kid, I was that kid, you know, selling basketball cards, Pokemon cards on the street at like five, six years old. And so I knew I wanted to do something more out of my life and also just impact people on a personal level rather than just sales for a business. And so six years, I'm banging my head against the wall trying to figure it out. Very lonely journey. I think you guys can probably relate when you first start going into personal development. No one else thinks like you, especially if you start young. And so it's very tough. And I have that community and I learned that community, association, and environment play such a big role in your life. And so fast forward six years of, you know, trying to figure it out myself. Nothing really worked. A lot of learning lessons. I won't say failures, but learning lessons. And then I moved to Arizona within six months of surrounding myself with like-minded people, entrepreneurs, and built a community. I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I have the confidence now to make that jump. And so now I'm thinking about, okay, how can I create an environment, an association for other people so I can kind of be that coach and mentor and give back to the people that were in my shoes, my position, just starting a business or trying to switch from W2 to becoming their own boss. And so I'm like, what's a better way to create an environment than to create a house? And then in the house, we also have like-minded people, other entrepreneurs living together, association. And so that's kind of how Growth House came about. I love it. Wait, is that why they were screaming Cabana Boy when we were walking in the building? All those girls lined up. (laughs) Forty-five more minutes. Jesse's getting finished up, ladies. uh, Autographs after this, all right? He's Cabana Boy. Now I understand the significance. Yeah, you get it. By the way, my brother-in-law, who's very successful as well, was a Cabana Boy too, and he owns a lot of real estate now and has a recruiting company. I didn't draw that parallel. I think that's the high school and college job that everyone needs. I think that's good. But you're interacting with good people. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. funny. That or being a life that or being a lifeguard. That's what I did right here in the city of Tempe. Not not the beach, but city of Tempe, right. about three miles from where you guys are sitting. A uh, great opportunity to you know to to figure out what life is like and and party and have a great time with a lot of good people. Oh, Karen, uh, I do want to mention. Um, yeah. I want to shout out Derek because Derek's been my right hand guy. This guy believed in the vision. He was one of the first growth house member. It was the first growth house member before it was really a thing. I just painted the picture of the vision for it. And like, you know, like he's just an incredible person. And he's kind of like the the testament of what can happen when you get out of, you know, your comfort zone, get put in a different environment. He's an Airbnb property manager. He had about, I think, one or two properties when he joined. Now he has over 35 properties in three different states and is blowing wow. up his business. And this has been the last seven, eight months. So that's and just a power. And he's as humble 
as humble as they get, isn't he? Hundred percent, man. I love that. Yeah, guy. good, good guy. Shout out to Derek, and, and I, I probably won't do this justice. Maybe I should let you do it. But on on his Instagram, every <laughs> no, go morning, ahead, start, Jared, go ahead. I want to. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Right, something like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so when Jesse does, I'm like, yeah, that's that's not Derek. <laughs> that's not good try, Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> Come up with something different, <laughs> Jesse. I know, right? Uh, and who else is in the growth house right now? Is there anybody else that you can kind of highlight for us? So we get an idea of of who you're drawing towards you. Absolutely, yeah. We have some a couple startup founders that just joined us. Jaron Lodge, he created Skip and Hole. He's won a lot of yes. pitch competitions. This guy has um, this product in over 500 Big Five and Dick Sporting Goods. It's like a it's a cornhole game, but you can play it on the water with skipping stones. It's mm-hmm. super unique, super cool. I see Daryl looking at me like, "What?" Yeah, it's a very unique uh, unique game. Yeah. And so he's he's doing great. Um, and then. Uh, Simon, he just moved in as well, and he has Kogo Foods, which is a coffee cherry brand, superfood. We have also people that are transitioning from a W-2 to their own business. Phil, he's one of the first people in the growth house. Yeah, he's now doing website development on top of his W-2 job. And just like this, the transformations of these people coming in, maybe, you know, he'll admit this. And like I said in testimonials, he lacked a lot of confidence. But being around this, these people like, you know, that we're surrounded with, like David here, doing personal development just has grown so much. And he's like, dude, this has changed my life. And just for me, that's the most fulfilling. Like seeing these transformations of these people that live within the houses is incredible. Another person, Raj, he, within the first month, he said, he, te- he so he, when he came to the house, he said, I want two things. I want to start an NFT project and I want to become an entrepreneur again. And in the meantime, he also told me that he found his purpose through the growth house and wow. also accomplished those two things in the first month by connecting him with uh, my friend Zay, who owns a luxury car rental company. They're now partners, and now they're working on an NFT project. So, so good. this is amazing. This is the connections that are being made. And you've only been in Arizona for a year and a half. No, how long? Yeah, just a little over a year. Zachary, you, you've been here longer than the other two. 20 years, yeah. I remember August yeah. 5th, 2002, America West Flight 5. I swear I remember the oh, day wow. and the time. Yeah, your memory's got to be it is. Incredible. There it is. Yeah, August fifth. There we go. Two thousand two. Over twenty years. I remember I had a duffel bag. Didn't know anybody out here. The power, just like Jazz. You mm. come out here into a new environment. You got to get uncomfortable to get comfortable. And I walked outside the airport and I was like, "Damn, it's hot. Midsummer <laughs> sweat." And I'm like, "I want to go back to Detroit." But no. The next day, I enrolled in real estate school and just had it, and then got a gym membership and just started meeting like-minded people. Again, one day, one relationship uh, at a time. So it's been so a good. crazy journey. Plus watching the growth of Arizona. It's just mm. incredible. In 20 years, right? You've seen, I've been here since 79. My dad moved us out here from Northern California when I was getting ready to start high school. The, the change, even the 20 years that you've been here and all the years that I've been here, yeah. it's incredible how vast and wide and how vertical mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Arizona, greater Phoenix has become. And Nathan, you're from Wisconsin, I think I saw. Yeah, so I'm originally from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Born in Chicago, grew up in Milwaukee. But honestly, I've been here for about six years and it's it was crazy because I left behind a big business. So I, mm-hmm. if you ever watched Milwaukee Bucks play, you see this thing called the Deer District. Uh, before that was ever there, I was 21 years old. I transformed a grocery store into what is now that. So uh, it was crazy to be able to be a part of the project. But I left all that behind uh, to start over here because the first place I ever flew on a plane to was here. 
I hadn't been on a plane ever until I was like 26 years old. Mm. And um, my buddy was like, hey, let's go visit my parents. He just retired there. So we ended up in Anthem. Mm. And after a few days, I'm like, man, this place ain't that great. <laughs> the retirement community. Yeah. I think it's a swingers community. Yeah, in the retirement community. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So I'm like, hey, let, they were like, hey, let's go to this place called Old Town. It's Scottsdale. I'm like, all right, well, let's see what that's like. And then like, after like two days of being around just the amazing experience they had here, I moved here eight months later. And uh, it's the best decision I ever made. You know, it was I was around people that were transient because in Wisconsin, there's a lot of generational success. So the the, the, the eyes of the beholder are, are essentially they just want to keep investing in their peers, which isn't necessarily the wrong thing, but it stifles opportunity for new people. But when you got when I got here, nobody was from here. And all the people that were, were coming here and doing business were willing to do business with anybody. They, they didn't like have that uh, tall poppy syndrome where or like crabs in a bucket syndrome. Mm-hmm. Here it was like, hey, I got an idea. You can get it done. And what would take a year there and like a week here. Mm. So it's like unbelievable difference and unbelievable amount of growth. And I think that's what's driving this to be the fastest growing part of the country. It's just the collaborative mindsets, the big thinkers. Um, and that's what I've realized uh, from this city over the past six years. It's interesting, real fast, going back to 20 years, I remember coming out and having worked from that Wall Street mindset, everything's fast-paced, answering the phone, communication, mm-hmm. like one ring on the hop, I had two phones and going crazy. 2002 people, like, uh, you know, natives to Arizona, they're a little slower. So, and they're like, whoa, slow down. What's like, I said, I sent you the contract. Are you going to sign it? Yeah, I'll get back to it later today. I go, no, I need it like yesterday. You know, we have a different mindset of like, they're very reactive and slow that literally wild west. But I think it's evolving to the mm-hmm. transient, you know, yeah. mindset that we're bringing to AZ. Mm-hmm. People got to catch up. You got to be proactive versus reactive is, is certainly huge in, in mm-hmm. business. Yeah. And it's attracting those types of people constantly. And another thing I realized about being in Arizona is it's people that like to be outdoors, people that like to be fit, people that want that mm-hmm. strong mindset and a strong body equals a strong mind. So I think that that's why this city is constantly growing because culturally it aligns with the healthy, high-performance individuals. And I think that what we're doing here, all in our different circles, and then being able to come together mm-hmm. and to build a platform is just unbelievably awesome because it's hard to do this in some places. And I just haven't found a better place for collaborators in this state right here. That's why I moved here. I moved here because I would come visit pretty much every other month because I loved it out here. And I was like, there's a lot of young professionals and entrepreneurs and people that just inspire me. Also, the weather doesn't you know hurt too much, especially coming from Portland, Oregon. But uh, yeah, I was just drawn to Arizona. And that's exactly why. Yeah, absolutely. What I love hearing from each of you is that um, I've had the studio for five years now. And in the early days of Phoenix Business Radio X, a lot of entrepreneurs, many of which who are born and raised here, uh, and and business owners who've had brick and mortar businesses for years ha- were kind of struggling to give Arizona personality and say what what is the umbrella that we're all landing under, and I've seen in five years this beautiful change that we are on the same page. It is the wild west, <laughs> and and we're a melting pot, and we are we're leading the pack in many different industries. We're healthy people. We want to collaborate, and so to see that change in five years is exciting and. Everybody's singing from the same sheet of music now, or at least more people are, and we have people like you to thank for that. So we're we're happy to have you all here. Let's talk a little bit more about immersion. Then Jesse, explain to our listeners and our viewers what is immersion and how is that different from the growth house, which is what we've spoken about previously. Yeah, so it's just an event, or I would say more of experience that Growth House puts on. So Growth House is a three month residency, right? But someone who's maybe married and, you know, their wife would look at them crazy if they said, hey, I want to spend three months at a growth house. <laughs> you know, how, what kind of opportunities do we have for someone like that? 
And so what immersion is, is um, basically experience of the growth house away from the growth house. So we rented a big mansion. We have some of the top entrepreneurs literally in the entire world flying in Dubai, Puerto Rico, Nashville, Dallas, and also the leaders like these two guys next to me of Arizona. So it's a collaborative effort from speakers across the world, but also here locally in Arizona and giving people here in, uh, in Arizona opportunity to actually become, you know, surrounded with these like-minded people in a very intimate environment, which I think is the biggest takeaway that whenever I go to a conference or a mastermind, I might maybe get to do a handshake and a picture with someone who's a speaker. In this type of environment, you actually get to potentially have a one-on-one, a small group coaching session, you know, cigar and wine afterwards by the fire pit, like these really cool, intimate experiences where you can actually build genuine relationships with people that you probably wouldn't be able to have access to, um, I would say, in other environments. And it's, it's, a brilliant and it's idea. all day. Like you come at, you know, six o'clock, we start hitting the workouts, we have an ice plunge, and then meditation, journaling, getting the morning right. And then after that, you know, work from the house. So work remotely while also, you know, seeing who's around and say, hey, can I, Nathan, I'm really trying to figure out how to, you know, raise capital. Nathan could be there. Boom. One-on-one with Nathan. And then yeah. after that, about four o'clock, depending on what day we have, uh, might be a private chef. We might have a massage therapist coming through. So we have, you know, some luxury experiences as well. And then it goes into the master classes, the, the panels. And then, um, you know, some surprise after parties with Nathan's uh, hooking us up with on the 4th, which I'm excited about. Yeah, I'm excited. But, um, yeah, that's kind of a gist of it. But, you know, these guys, I just want to say, you know, thank you for for seeing the vision and wanting to be a part of it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Happy to support however we can. And I think it's really just leaning into just growth and and the next generation. And I think everybody sees that, you know, and what you're doing is, is awesome. You know, it's not that many groups out there that you can find that are really high value like that a lot of times which isn't a bad thing um you could be surrounded by a room full of entrepreneurs versus entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. um and nobody can really give each other that next step you need to be uncomfortable and be in rooms with people that are far bigger than you Mm -hmm. that are far more accomplished than you i mean that's what i constantly do to this day is i'm i'm not that accomplished if you look at the whole grand scheme of capital in the world i'm still a small fry but we can get a lot closer by putting ourselves in rooms with people that are those leaders. And I think it's our responsibility because of the people that gave us opportunities to give back each one to each one. Because I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for so many great mentors that said, hey, I see something in this person. So if I can get a chance to do that at this stage of my career, then it's an honor, you know. I appreciate it. I think the other thing that's amazing about immersion too is like you say, it's it's very consultative, right? Like I love interacting with the new energy and again, the camaraderie. You show up to an event, you speak and you're right. Come take a picture. Okay, great. You don't even get to know who the person is. Who are you? What do you do? So I like the intimacy, which I think is best, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, conveyed of these environments, 15, 20 people. And also people that really want to be there. They're not, we're not getting paid to be there. We really Mm want to serve and provide true value because that's where the heart lies. You know, there's no, there's no alternative mindset to go there. It's, it's really about delivering massive value and truly seeing people win and grow uh, mm-hmm. collectively. So I'm excited mm-hmm. about that. And in hearing about these business, you know, all the different entrepreneurs, that's exciting. Yeah. yeah. And no one's looking to sell anything, right? Like that's totally. the part where mm-hmm. so often you go to events right. and everyone's just trying to sell you a product. Yeah. That's not what this is about. I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Cause yeah, I mean, yeah. you said it, none of these people are asking for anything from me. I just, you know, said, hey, this is what we're doing. Would you like to be a part of it? And these are real true servant leaders that are literally flying in, some of them on, most of them on their own dime, just to come be a part of this experience. And they realize the power, even for them, 
Like, if I'm going to get in a room that's going to elevate me, that's worth it. So they're almost coming to learn as well, which that's Absolutely. something that I'm mm-hmm. like just excited about that I'm able to, you know, facilitate and curate this environment. So mm-hmm. I'm just, and Karen, you're going to be one of the people as well, going to be mentoring. So I'm super excited for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to uh, spending the hopefully for sure three days, maybe four days with you guys. Uh, Jesse, the dates, do you have them offhand? November 3rd, 4th? So November 2nd is when it launches and then 14 days of masterminds within that 21 day period. So it starts November 2nd and then it goes to uh, about November 19th. So 14 days in there, we have masterminds set up. Perfect. And for participants, they're picking, they can participate in the whole thing or how does that work as a participant? And do you still have registration? I know several days have already been filled up. Yeah, several days are already filled up. People jumped on a lot of the, you know, real estate days, startup days. So if you can find those amazing, you can reach out to me, but we have a two or four day pass. So depending on um, you want to plug in for two days or four days, if you want to plug in for more, then just, you know, reach out to me and we, we can see what makes sense and figure it out. Awesome. Is this all in person or can folks do it virtually as, as well? Yeah. So we're going to have it all in person just to keep that environment intimate and really they can have the most to get the most out of it. However, we are going to, with the help of David and Joshan, which are part of the Growth House team, we're going to create a course so people can actually purchase a course and see all the behind the scenes and also the master classes. So there is an option, you know, later on to be able to get get all the information as well. So good. And I, I love, as you guys are talking about how the days lay out, mm-hmm. the idea that people are coming together to get healthy physically, yeah. right? And emotionally and mentally, in addition to learning from the greats, having conversations, networking, being very strategic, having time to contemplate and to kind of assimilate everything makes sense. And then there is this mentor piece that I'm fortunate enough to be a part of so that we can hold space for people and really help them get out of their own way as they're working through whatever's showing up for them, right? Those roadblocks. Even when we're sitting amongst amongst the midst of greats, we sometimes have that chatter that goes on in here that says, well, you know, it's easy for Nathan, easy for Zachary, easy for Karen or Jesse. And we can help people clear that before they leave the property. 1,000%. The things is too, I'm sure you guys would all agree is I never had anything like this, you know, girl. I mean, when I came out to AZ in 2002, there was no communities. There was no collaboration. There was no master classes. Mm-hmm. Shit, you know, they had Facebook, you know, that's how you connected with people, mm-hmm. you know, you date yourself. So if I could go back in time and, and they had, you know, a growth house and immersion, it would have streamlined my business and maybe not taken me 20 years to build my portfolio. Maybe it was 10. Mm-hmm. Also someone to help me navigate the volatility in the markets. And what do you do? I think the biggest thing, and we could all agree, is health is the foundation in, mm-hmm. in these relationships and success and energy that's derived from a good, clear mindset, feeling your yeah. best physically and that energy you provide from, you know, our routines. And so if I would have learned that earlier, you know, I would have absolutely streamlined my success for sure. So if you guys don't jump on this, you're a fool, in my opinion, you know, taking, like you said, you- five years, yeah. When you say that, Zachary, I was thinking the same thing that I want to speak to this because sometimes when we're doing shows like this, I can I can hear <laughs> um, what a listener or viewer might be thinking. And you said just that mm-hmm. if you're if this does not appeal to you and you're thinking, wow, five months of, of success or, you know, going from my idea to uh, the trajectory of being where I want to be, if that feels too fast, my question is what, why, (laughs) right? (laughs) You guys have proven that you can do this super quick and you don't have to create chaos in your life to do it. Uh, And so I think old school would tell us that things have to take us four or five, six, 10, 15 years 
And you're saying that when you align yourself with the right people and you're committed Mm -hmm. and you have a passion and purpose, there's no reason why you can't see it through to success a lot sooner with with people helping and kind of propping you up. 100%. I think a major key that I've learned from going to a conference, this is not a conference. So I think that people have to really understand this is an experience where you're actually going to be able to have opportunity to network and build relationships with these people, um, including the people who are attending, because these people are, you know, are paying money to be there and they have to go through an application process. So, you know, every single person walking through that door is going to raise the energy, raise the level, you know, of everyone else in the room. So it's really exciting, not just the speakers, not just the mentors, but also just the attendees are excited to be there, have all gone through the same application process. Yeah, something I've learned is, you know, it's great to hear someone speak or even a masterclass, but building a relationship with someone is 20 times, you know, more important. And that's the opportunity that we're giving here is to have those, you know, one-on-one talks to figure out, man, how can I help this person? How can I help this person? And I think also just the mindset of, you know, people who are attending, how can I help Zach? You know, how can I help Nathan? And I think if you have that servant mentality, so much is going to come back to you. Mm-hmm. And some of the people, uh, actually, just a quick story. One of the guys who was coming, flying in from Puerto Rico, I went out there in June. And these, these are, this, I'm going to give you an example of the type of conversations and relationships you can build. He says, hey, Jesse, you know, it'd be cool to have a growth house out here since I was, you know, looking to have a growth house in Puerto Rico. And I would say about maybe a month and a half later, he's like, hey, man, here's a couple of properties. Just let me know. Show me a P&L and we'll raise this money and get property out here. That's a relationship. That's just building a relationship. And you can get so much further in life when you really focus on serving and helping other people, making connections for them. And then you have no idea and it comes randomly like that was and you just are blessed. And that's something that it's not random though, because it's your energy. Mm, so you created that, you projected yeah. that, you were ready to connect and he and he was ready to absorb that energy and he yeah. loved you because of your foundation of who mm. you are so it's not random you put yourself in a position to win the game i think that's a that's big a part point. of it too when you came on mm. here you put yourself in a position where we all did we don't mm. just rant we're not randomly yeah. successful yeah. we've created from the foundation the energy the connections and then it just caught up to us effectively mm, yeah. when i raised when i met my largest investor it wasn't necessarily random is because you're projecting and i asked hey do you know anyone that's looking to invest in real estate and the lady who was an agent who i crossed she goes uh what are you talking about so i'm selling some notes and she goes i don't even know what that is but i know some high net worth people i get a phone call from a guy from michigan he goes i'll fly out and meet you you know it's all mm-hmm. you know you think it's serendipitous and random but it's really not we're putting ourselves in those positions we're asking for it you point. didn't just say passively uh i hope they i hope they engage me and ask me oh are you looking to scale your business no you're having good long-term uh, stabilized, calm conversation. So many people think that business is a numbers game. Mm-hmm. It's a relationship game. 100%. If they slow it down and have that Iron Man, that long-term mentality, that deferred gratification, that the game of you know chess versus checkers, yeah. good things are going to happen. But it can mm-hmm. be streamlined from all of our experiences for sure, and all the hardships that we've endured to get here. Yeah, so tell true. us about uh, chess versus checkers. I think that in today's market, and you know, I do a lot of speaking, different panels and whatnot. And we all have, the greatest thing we have is time on our side, right? So if if we're buying value, if we're being patient, if we're not using emotions and we're looking at good long-term assets, I'm specifically talking about real estate, but it could be applied to any vertical. You identify a good asset, you're vertically integrated, you're cutting costs, you got long-term capital behind you that makes sense. We're not betting with wind at our back or we're providing value. We're stabilized, we're calm, we're collective. Good things are gonna happen when you're patient. They say, you know, 
marry the house, date the rate, right? You find a good, great asset. You can buy less than replacement costs. You're hedging inflation. Good things are going to happen. Eventually rates will drop again and then the market will rebound. So do you have the stay power? Are you calm? Are you collective? So that's my game, right? I'm no, right now I'm in aggregation mode. I think with volatility, there's opportunity. And when people are fearful, Warren Buffett says, be greedy. When people Mm -hmm. are greedy, be fearful. Peter Lynch, you don't have to buy the bottom or sell the top, get a good chunk in the middle through dollar cost averaging and being patient. I apply all those, you know, methodologies to, to my business. And so, uh, you know, you're not going to get rich overnight. You, you stay the course, you take your time. It's like training for an Ironman or a race. You don't just go out tomorrow and become an Ironman. You put in the time, you follow the program and you execute. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to say. That's really important about all the people in the growth house and everybody I've interacted there's a lot of people that talk about business. Like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You know, there's a lot of talkers out there. 80% is showing up, but everybody in the growth house, they're there because they're actually executing and doing mm-hmm. epic stuff. And that's what I love. And that energy is content. You're like, oh, they're really doing it. Then you see them doing it. And then everyone else wants to do it. So when you're around real entrepreneurs, entrepreneur is not somebody that just talks about doing it. Mm-hmm. They're executing. These are executioners yep. that are getting things done. And that's what I love. And so every time we, we have conversations, I'm like, man, Jesse's going to love his thought. He's not thinking, oh, I'm going to buy, you know, I'm going to do another growth house. I'm going international with this, you know, I'm going Europe. I'm, I'm hitting the world by storm. So that's, what's amazing is when people are taking the action and doing things and you can align and, and create that amazing synergy, you elevate your game tenfold, a hundredfold. That's what's cool. Yeah. And it's something you just said just now, which was all about like timing. Right. And the funniest thing about our generation, at least with mine is when I graduated high school, it was 2007, and all of a sudden 2009 came around, right? And then the opportunities were there. It was like everyone's tortoise shelling. My idea was, well, everyone else is going to tortoise shell. I'm going to overinvest in the experiences that the customers mm-hmm. are going to have. Mm-hmm. Because it, people say, oh, customers are pulling back. That's not necessarily true. You're not giving them a reason to buy, right? Mm-hmm. So really, whenever you're building a business, you really need to think about times like right now when there's a recession or declines in the market everybody else is pulling back and a lot of advertising and marketing start to get cheaper. All these things start to shift. Yes, there's inflation at the time, but there's also opportunity. So like if you can jump in, rather be real estate, uh, technology, anything, do it right now, especially when you look at a lot of the enterprise shifts. Work is shifting dramatically. Like my company, Ease, we do um, uh, contract-based work. So a lot of people are shifting away from W2 more towards contract. But everyone's like, oh, well, there's all these open jobs, but unemployment is where is, is right where it needs to be. I'm confused. Well, the thing is, they're not applying for jobs. They're not unemployed. They're self-employed. Mm-hmm. So you've got 50% of the market that's got jobs that you're not counting. So these are these opportunities where if you can look at trends and you can sell to growing markets based on compound annual growth rates over 15%. Those are the markets where you want to put your money. And that's where you need to look at the layers of business. Like, what am I looking at? Is the timing right? Um, But I think the time is right now to really think about starting something new. Because if you wait until it's safe, everybody else is doing it too. Mm -hmm. If you do it right now, you're going to be ahead of the game when these people come out of their shells three, two years from now thinking like, all right, the market's stable again. You're already achieved success. I believe echoing that sentiment, I believe out of sight, out of mind, everyone calls me. Hey, should I still advertise? Should I still buy? No one can time anything perfectly, but as soon as you go into hibernation mode, people forget about you. If yep. you're continually out there and you're projecting and doing stuff, no matter what you're doing, you got to keep moving forward. You know, that proactive mm-hmm. versus reactive, out of sight, out of mind, and becoming, how do I become top of mind? Mm-hmm. So that when things, you know, turn around, which they will, you're already at the top of that curve. Mm-hmm. They're like, yo, let's do some business. Well, I've been doing business. I don't know where you've been hibernating, <laughs> right. you know? 
<laughs> it's so true. So many people are like scared right now, but I was up with uh, David Meltzer and I had an incredible opportunity to kind of shadow him for a few days. And he goes like, Jesse, now's the time to decide whether it's an expense or an investment hmm. and double down on those investments, especially if you're building a community, double down on those investments. Exactly what you guys are saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people yeah. like, you know, if you look at Cromford report, which we use to assess, you know, real estate and market and trends, you know, that's just the average people providing oh, my home didn't sell, prices potentially come down 4%, 5%. I don't, I want to think of myself as an anomaly. And I think we always look, mm-hmm. we talk about experiences and, and providing value. I'm the opposite because my homes, I'm getting premiums for rent or top of the market because I'm providing good value. Mm-hmm. We don't walk into city hall and they're giving you an amazing steak and service. You don't tell the waiter, it's, you know, the steaks that they're asking $75. I'm going to pay you 60. It doesn't work like that. If you're providing good service, yeah. people want to come there. They're not going to negotiate price. They just want to be part of that experience. Mm-hmm. They're going to pay to be there. You go into old town, which you were when you moved out and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm, I'm moving to AZ. This is great versus <laughs> Anthem. You go to, you know, the bottle service, you're paying a premium for that because yeah. you're getting the great experience. Mm-hmm. When they see your guns, they probably give you 50% <laughs> off anyways, you know, but that's just all part of the experience. <laughs> well, I love that. And I think that that's like, it, it's it's agnostic to industries, right? And that's the thing that a lot of people forget. They forget about the talent experience. They forget about the, the, the beverage or food experience. They forget about that keyword every single time you make a decision. And that's the thing that's going to help with you get retention, retention in your employees, uh, net revenue retention, NRR. Like these are the things that you need to be measuring. And these are things we should be teaching people, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of times that people are going to business, they don't even know how to properly look at a, at a P&L. They, they're just running a business and day by day and doing the best they can. Is there money at the bottom? Oh, maybe. Um, but if you start really being, you know, analytic with your leadership, analytic with your processes, I think it changes the game because now you have this agility, you have this predictability, right? And you can control everything. You can control the experience because you're not living by the seat of your pants. You're programmatic, right? Mm-hmm. So when I'd make this action, this is the reaction, right? So now the numbers are changing. That's when you start getting, things start getting really, really fun in business and you can scale because without managing those numbers and those metrics, how are you going to present it to somebody? Mm-hmm. What, like in a restaurant, you know, a lot of people running at eight to nine or 10%, ours run at 35%. Because we have those nuances and now we can offer more value to the customer because we were more analytic on the back end. Now, if you're not doing that, now you're stifling your own growth and you're hindering the experience for the customer. So I think with at the like with immersion, we can go in and say, hey, this is the, the exciting part. That's all cool, right? How did this person get 30 locations? How do you get a thousand properties? What are you measuring to get there? They don't know. Mm-hmm. Let's show them. You know what? Like keeping these things in our head because of competition, that, that's not a thing. There, you all, there's enough room for all of us. Here. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I say it all the time. There's an abundance of opportunity for everybody to succeed. If we, if we were fearful of it, we wouldn't teach it. Yeah. So oh, it's going to cannibalize our profitability when in reality it only elevates it a mm-hmm. thousand percent. And I think, you know, you ask yourself, how are you differentiating yourself? And for me, and we're sitting here, we're all smiling, having a good time. There's times for the analytics and there's time for, you know, differentiation and memorability and how, mm-hmm. how are people remembering you in your business? And I think that's so key. And I think that's going to be a huge point to these people who are coming in here. They're so hyper-focused and nervous about, okay, what's the P&L? What's this? What's that? And it's like, <laughs> well, slow down, take a deep breath. Are you having a good time? What type yeah. of experience are you doing? Do people want to do business with you? Can you truly look in the mirror and say, oh, I provided really good you know, symbiotic relationship to these people. I truly care about them. I treat them like family and they know me outside of just a P&L and I'm not just an annuity to them. Yeah. It's like, oh, I, I'm happy to be there for them. That's a big difference yes, when you change right. that mindset, when you truly serve them and you're not just worried about making money on somebody, good things are going to evolve. Amen. So Amen. true.
I'm curious for each of you as one of our last questions before we close out today's segment, early days, take me back to maybe grade school, junior high, whatever, high school. Was there somebody in your life, either that you knew personally or that you looked to through athlete, athletics or an author or speaker or something, somebody, movie star that you thought as a young man, you know, I think I can do whatever it is that I want to do because I, I see it through so-and-so's eyes or, or maybe even a mentor who, who said that to you, you've, you've got it. It's time to bring it. Who was that for you guys? Well, I guess I can start. Um, for me, it was my brother. Um, and my story isn't like, like as exciting. It was actually kind of like depressing, but um, we, we kind of went through a hard situation when we were young where we, we didn't have any parents. By the time I was 12, my mom was, had to go away for a little while. And I ended up having to be raised myself, me and my brother. So my brother and I made a commitment that the only way that we could get out of poverty or to move our family forward is we got to start something. And my brother went the traditional route. And I was always the prodigal son, I guess you would call it, like the hard-headed one. So like I'm messing up in school. I ended up dropping out of high school. And then I ended up like not going to college. And I was just a troublesome, like just, I was smart, but I wasn't like applying myself. And I realized if I didn't like apply myself, my family would never ever like get to the next chapter. So my brother and I just, my brother kicked me in the ass when I was like 19. He was like, all right, this is what I need you to do or I won't go to college. I won't leave you behind. He's like, so no matter what, dial it in. So I did that and it motivated the hell out of me because I realized that like, if I can just achieve something inspiring and great in my life, then it'll help my family, it'll help my brother, it'll help my mother. So for me, it wasn't that I had a mentor that was already an entrepreneur. It was just the purpose. And my purpose was that I need to save my family. Mm -hmm. So really, it's turned into all these great things. But it really was just my brother and I just coming together. And now he's my partner in all these things. He, we do everything together. My best friends. Like, if you look at all my business partners, they're all my family and friends since I was a kid. And we all grew up in a very less than fortunate uh, community. But now our views are very different than they used to be. So I don't ever want to hear you say that's not an amazing story. (laughs) I don't think there's any better story than that one. Nathan, thank you for sharing that. Jesse, Zachary, either of you. Yeah, shout out Saul, by the way. I love that dude, his brother. Um, He's helped me and saw the vision with Growth House early on and kind of took me under his wing and helped me with like learning the basics. I don't come from a startup background at all, but these guys have gone through accelerators and done all that, how to raise money. And so he's been a key component of really helping me get the clarity and vision of Growth House. So yeah, definitely amazing. appreciate you, Saul. A little different. I grew up in a pretty, you know, uh, middle-class neighborhood. I didn't have those hard... And I love hearing those stories of resilience. I mean, it's just super motivating. So thanks for sharing that. Sure. I want to hear more about it at uh, the Growth House for sure. I mean, that's that's the impactful stuff. It shows that if you apply yourself, no matter what your environment mm-hmm. was, you, you know... I would think you went to Harvard the way that you articulate things and all that stuff. So nobody cares. It's funny. Like, oh, where'd you go to business school? What'd you do? Nobody cares. What's your energy today? What's your experience? And that's how you've created yourself. So that's super motivating, inspiring. My dad had a law firm and my grandfather was, everyone in my family is entrepreneurs. So I grew up in the morning. My dad was, you know, they used to have Quotrons to track stock prices. And every morning I'd follow the, you know, Dow Jones, the NASDAQ and memorize ticker symbols. And I was always just infatuated with business. I just, it was in my DNA. I don't know. I can't describe it. And uh, I'm just, I believe uh, that's having positive socialization from them and emulating kind of what they did is, uh, you know, men uh, in their lives and creating their businesses, grandfathers and, and my mom and dad, and then just hitting the streets and applying those things. Again, when I came out here, knocking doors, engaging with people, 
again, I wasn't blessed. I've never been to a seminar on real estate. I've never been to, I never had any live mentors or anything else. I just hit the streets and kind of acquired it, but it was formulated through the socialization of my parents. So I credit them for my success in the environment that I got to grow up in. And then just like you guys did, applied it and took mm-hmm. massive, you know, engagement and effort and, and made it happen. Mm-hmm. So okay. perseverance is yep. the key. Yeah. Tenacity. Yeah. Yes. Jesse, how about you? You you gave a shout out to Nathan's brother, but let's yeah. hear about the early years. Yeah, early years. Um, I had an amazing stepdad come into my life. I was blessed. So he was someone that really demonstrated what it was to put in work and work hard, work ethic. Literally, this guy would go to, you know, work before I w- would wake up and then, you know, come and coach my basketball team. So I owe a lot to my family and I really appreciate both of them. For me, I didn't really have any entrepreneur, you know, mentors early on. It was just, I think, kind of like Zach. It was very innate in me where at five, six years old, I was already trying to hustle and sell basketball cards on the street. I had Jesse at your service, which is like a full on, like, I'll wash your car, I'll clean your bathroom, I'll do everything. I went around the entire neighborhood, and that's just like who I was. And so it was just in me already. And then once I, you know, realized I wasn't going to make the MBA, uh, I decided, okay, let's, you know, shift focus. And then watching my dad put in the work combined with my entrepreneurial spirit, it just then kind of blossomed into, all right, let's just combine these two and let's make it happen. And so that's kind of unique that you guys never had mentors in especially like your entrepreneurial spaces. Well, I've had them now that I've gotten older. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that, you know, once I, that was the craziest part is that once I believed it was possible, then I started surrounding myself with the right people. So I went from literally like, the, I always say like the darkest like time is just before the dawn. And like, mm-hmm. I literally went from the darkest spot of my life to in two years, um, developing some of the cool things that people think came overnight. Mm-hmm. But those mentors, you know, the Kevin Kowalkis of the world, the investors that I've had, you know, I've raised just under $10 million in the past, you know, a few years to build these businesses without a college degree, you know? So like they couldn't have done that without mentors. Um, but it's, it's just not, they don't always look like you think they will. They may not even be a su- successful entrepreneur. It may just be the right person that knows how to get through breakthroughs in your mind that can be there for you, that knows your heart, and then they help you match that passion and purpose to preparation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, early on, like you guys said, didn't really have mentors, but once I realized that was an option and that should be my go-to, mm-hmm. then every single year I was trying to figure out, all right, who's the best person? And then once someone maybe, you know, helped me with this, then I realized, okay, now I'm ready for person that can help me with that. So for me, you know, business coaches and mentors after college was, yeah, a game changer and very, very important. It's funny to see the commonalities, sorry to interject, that it's like, oh, we're all the trading cards, the, you know, I remember doing the beads and knocking on Detroit, shoveling snow, bagel (laughs) delivery services, you know, it's like, what do you need? I felt like I was just a prostitute, you know, I'll deliver, you tell me what you need, I'm going to make it happen, you're going to pay me for the service, you know? So it's kind of interesting to yeah, see that. Whatever kind of it takes, man. Whatever I used it takes. to be a break dancer. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> you know? I hadn't thought of asking this question previously, and we only have a few minutes, but I want to get in there because each of you are really uh, about community, of course, and then, of course, giving back, right? Mm-hmm. What bright, Excuse me, broadening the circle so that more people can be elevated. It's obviously conscious capitalism. Was there a moment in time or, again, an influence that clicked for you that said, oh, wow, to get where I want to go, I really also need to be able to give back. And what was that? Was there a defining moment for each of you around community and around being of service to others? 
Yeah, I mean, I think for me, um, especially, you know, being a, an African-American founder from a like a more disadvantaged background, I needed to find communities to be able to get access to wealth where it was not like regularly accessible. So um, I started figuring out like, all right, what communities matter? I started learning about associations, I started learning about policy and community. So I actually started going to like events with like mayors and stuff like that, where like I was like the youngest person in the room, give a hundred so bucks, the most I could probably do at the time. But I'm in the room now. So I'm like, all right, like in this room, this hundred dollars can go a long way because I'm getting everybody's number. <laughs> then by the end of that, it's just like, hey, I asked them, where should I go? So now things like the AZ Tech Council, I get to sit on the boards of these different organizations that are the gatekeepers to opportunity. And those things don't pay you, right? You actually got to pay to get those, get to, to give back. But when you do, you start surrounding yourself around other servant leaders that are on those boards or in those organizations. And if you do that, there's nothing you can't accomplish. So I think that the gateway for me was not having access. So I needed to find these communities and groups to get the access. And then the dividend paid later. And obviously teaching other people to do the same. Yeah, you have to. I mean, if you don't bring everybody together with a common goal and a lot of you should focus it around your industry, I think, because like for us, it's like, all right, if I'm going to take a percentage of dollars from our organization and give it to a charity or something, I'm going to give it to things like the SciTech Institute. Now I'm funding the next innovator. Now, instead of me funding just, you know, a cause, funding a cause that can make a like, future impact in the industry that built you, you know, that's the approach that I go with because then not as making it transactional, but if you serve your industry, you could walk away with an impact that, that could live on forever. Good. Thank you, Nathan. Yeah, Jesse we, or Zachary, let's have both of you close out. Yeah, we both keep talking about environment and association, how big of a role that plays. And for me, seeing the difference between, you know, single mom, not the best area, and then moving to Portland and being around a great environment, having that stepdad come into my life, I realized the, you know, the privilege I was able to have with that. And also just realizing like, man, I get fulfilled when I help other people, when other people, you know, send me messages saying like, oh man, you inspire me. And that's now my mission to inspire and help others, you know, reach their full potential. And so we want to create a growth house scholarship fund for these people that maybe was like Jesse at six years old that would not probably have been able to afford it. You know, just being real, I would have been a statistic. Like if you really look at it, like, especially as me, as a hustler, as a kid, like, who knows what would happen? And so I realized the Environment Association played a key role in my life. And I want to, you know, give back to those those people who have that ambition level, but maybe just kind of are trapped in that Environment Association. Love it. We all say it. You know, our network is our net worth, period. And mm-hmm. so, you know, creating that amazing network, you know, we're, we're one, sh- one uh, handshake, mm-hmm. one conversation away yeah. from whatever you need. That's the beauty of these yeah. environments. It's crazy. You talk about here raising $10 million mm-hmm. guaranteed in these rooms when the immersion or anywhere, one phone call to any of us could point in the yeah. direction of, you know, you need a hundred yes. million, 50 million, 10 million, but more importantly, advice, motivation, execution, and mm-hmm. something tangible to walk away with. that's greater than money, you mm-hmm. know? So the greatest things in life, you can't even buy. But for me showing vulnerability, my, my family's been riddled with cancer, for example. And so um, that's near and dear to my heart with, you know, breast cancer, prostate cancer, all this stuff. So I realized, you know, when you, you're showing vulnerability, just like I disclosed something that's, you know, very sensitive to me on air and people realize, oh, this guy's not just some prick that's worrying about making money. He truly cares about a bigger cause. When you break down those barriers and you penetrate the layers of our epidermis, of our body, everything else, people connect on a greater level. And it's like, oh, they're a real human being. They're, 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 you know, 
They're not just some entrepreneur worrying about making money. When you put the money to side and worrying about serving and helping others, people want to do business with you, period. So uh, mm-hmm. I realize, you know, a do- every dollar that you give, you probably get back a hundredfold. Mm-hmm. It's just the way the world works. I mm-hmm. realized like randomly, I'd give money to charity and the next day I'd get a hundred thousand dollar profit on a real estate deal. And I'm understanding, yeah. how did this happen? Karma. It's car a hundred percent. It's the karma. So mm-hmm. the more you give, the more you get, period, the end, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's a blessing. So great to be with all three of you, Jesse. Looking forward to being at Immersion and uh, learning from the greats and being of service to others as we form some mentorships and opportunities for people to take a deeper dive. So that as the three of you said, when they leave that experience, they leave with a game plan and they have the introductions to help them get where they need to go. As Jesse will always tell us through Growth House, you become who you surround yourself with. And I'm happy to surround myself with all three of you today and grateful for Daryl being in the studio today to produce this segment for us. You've been listening to Phoenix Business Radio, broadcasting from Max 6 Entrepreneur Center in Tempe, Arizona. Some media leans left, some lean right, and we lean business. Until next time, I'm Karen Nowicki. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.